High Noon with George Hook. News Talk 106 to 108. It's week four of the seven deadly sins, which means um, we can do the whole thing in seven weeks. Yeah, there's a bit of arithmetic for you, and you don't have to go onto your mo- mobile phone calculator to work it out. We're in week four. I'm joined by criminologist, lecturer in criminal law, John O'Keefe, with um, the seven deadly sins, number four, which is... Envy. Now, is envy different from jealousy? Well, jealousy is the fear of of losing uh, someone or, or something that you're attracted to very often a member of the opposite or same sex or whatever it might be. It's a threat, therefore, to your personal relationship. But what we're talking about at the moment is envy, which is the desire for other people's traits, you know, their status, their situation. Um, It's about a threat to your own status and a perception of your own success. So that's where they're different. This is the green-eyed monster, as it's described. Yes, it's all... Joseph Epstein had a great uh, quote about it uh, insofar as he said, of all the deadly sins... Only envy is no fun at all. Like the rest of them, you could have a bit of crack with. I use that in the loosest sense of the word, but envy's desperate because It'll it destroys be with us. Lust or gluttony yeah, or whatever. whatever. Or greed or pride or anything. Or you lying can, in bed all day. Well, indeed. You, I, I suppose you can see some benefit in that, but there's absolutely zero benefit in envy. Certainly not to us and probably um, not to others. I mean, it's a cause of unhappiness, isn't it? Because invariably with envy, you don't get what you want. You don't you don't get what you want, but not only is the envious person uh, rendered unhappy by their own envy, but of course they're they're driven demented by other people's success, <laughs> which is uh, something we all understand from time to time. Uh, but it goes, of course, envious as long as as old as okay. we are. And why did the ancient biblical scholars uh, attribute such danger to envy, calling it deadly? Well, I suppose it seems it seems less than deadly nowadays. But if we think about it in the biblical connotation, Thomas Aquinas said envy, according to the aspect of its object, is contrary to charity and charity rejoices in our neighbour's good while envy grieves over it. Proverbs. That's not bad. By yeah, I like Aquinas. that one. Yeah. I, quite li- I like another one here, which is much more to the point. Proverbs, you'll be familiar with this, chapter 14, verse 30, what one of us isn't. A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. <laughs> I don't know how your bones are today, but mine are on the floor. But but Thomas Aquinas, uh, just to go back to him, he was one of the great sort of intellects of the Christian faith, wasn't he? was, he? yeah. And many of these simple mantras have a great meaning today. Um, a kind of, a, I suppose, a biblical uh, way that your mammy would have said, be careful who you hang around with. Don't envy anyone. Don't lust. You know, in a kind of a very biblical way, they've given us a, a good guidance, I think, these seven deadly sins for our current situation. But uh, what, it's interesting. That when we started the seven deadly sins thing, you kind of think, well, this doesn't apply to me. You know, mm. I'm not going to lie in bed all day. I'm not slothful. I, you know, uh, I only eat three square meals a day, so I'm not gluttonous and so on and so on. But there's no doubt who amongst us is not envious. Yeah, I mean, it is very common and it's something we all have from time to time. Isn't that right? Some of us have managed to put a lid in it. Um, but there's very, in, in, in psychology, of course, we've got a name for everything and envy doesn't escape. We've got subcategories. We've got depressed envy. This idea where someone else's success makes you feel humbled personally. You know, you feel diminished, lost, defeated, and you take their success personally. And then there's the hostile envy, something we might be more familiar with, uh, when you feel angry about the other person 
person who seems to be succeeding in every other way, you know, you believe they're, uh, it's unjustified or in somehow they've manipulated their way into their position. I mean, I think you and I would share something known as benign envy if I can give that a label. Um, so we have positive admiration for the qualities of others. Yeah, right. No, and we do. No, we absolutely do. And, uh, no, but, I mean, if you take hostile envy, that's quite interesting. Um, you know, if, if maybe my psychologist, if he put me under, uh, he might discover like that my my views of the current Irish rugby coach might be based on the fact that nobody ever asked me to coach Ireland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Separate point, but certainly on, on that generic point, Hostile envy is 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 filled with resentment, though, which you don't have. I know against Joe Schmidt and and the desire to get back at the person, but, and often but, the desire to undermine them. You're no, you're not in that business. I don't believe in that regard, are you? Um, I think I am. Over. Oh, <laughs> okay. No, no, I accept. That. What about money, though, or status, or or success? Are the key kind of things that you envy? No, I mean. Yeah. It, you would envy um, Tony O'Reilly or um, Michael O'Leary or not because Michael O'Leary has 5,000 airplanes winging around the sky, but rather he's worth a truckload of money yeah, and has sh- racehorses. I'm not sure we on. necessarily do that. Bertrand Russell said that beggars do not envy millionaires, though, of course, they will envy other beggars who are more successful. So maybe you've picked a, a, an odd example there. And so far, ah. these people are so unattainable. To, I mean, Tony O'Reilly's wealth when he had it was beyond the beyond. And I suppose many of us just simply wouldn't put ourselves in the premiership. Go back to your man there again. Who was Yeah, it? Bertrand Russell said yeah. that we envy people of our own generic status. I think the real envy comes when you see it on a day-to-day basis, not of the Tony O'Reilly, since we'll use him as a metaphor, but of people of our own ilk who appear to have the same money, more or less, as us, and yet appear to be having a much better time, which, of course, reflects on us. What the hell are we doing with our money and our life and our status that we can't reach those dizzy heights of people who we regard as equivalent to us. Well, I mean, you, you see this a lot, also, don't you, that, like, you look at fellas who were at school with you or fellas who were at university or fellas who worked with you or lived next door to you, all those kind of yeah. clothes, and they all have done better, even though you think their intellect or whatever is massively inferior oh, yeah, to you yours. Make, oh, yeah, you make up all Isn't these excuses. Isn't that unfair? Oh, yeah, it is unfair. And already, I've got a 35 five-year-old uh, school reunion coming in a couple of weeks. I'm already envious of absolutely everybody because I know they'll be doing really well. It's going to be quite annoying. Uh, at least if they're not, they're going to pretend on the night. So I will go home, pretend I don't care and cry. And yeah. that would be the that would be the nature of my envy. That's interesting. I have a school reunion coming up on the 17th. Uh, but there is that thing with school reunions, I think. Yeah. Uh, now, ours is just a general reunion. It's not a specific year. Uh, because there aren't enough Cork fellas around to do a specific year. I know. But, but the thing is that the, when you look at a specific year and the fella comes in having helicoptered from the airport or whatever... Don't you feel enormous envy? <laughs> well, if somebody comes I? out of a helicopter to my school reunion, I'm leaving. Uh, yeah, you'd feel, well, I suppose you would, but you'd, you'd create a kind of a comedic narrative around it. Sure, who wants a helicopter? Um, no, I'm hoping they won't look well. I mean, that's my ambition for the night, that people will look very stout and elderly. And uh, comparatively yes. speaking, I look superb. Well, that's really interesting because there was a Stanley Holloway song, actually, 
oh dear, you do look poor, you know. Yeah. And this whole thing, everybody he met was telling him he looked terrible. So, of course, he was feeling terrible. But there is a thing that you're hoping that everybody looks older than you, fatter <laughs> than you, has less hair than you or whatever. Well, happens I don't, don't want you? them looking well. I suppose the, uh, the thing is, I don't want them to look too well. Um, because I think at 52, 53, you should be looking a bit shabby around the edges. But this whole envy thing, um, and I don't want to go back to Trump. You've discussed him a million and one times here, and he's, he's overcooked now at this stage, but here we go. I mean, the American dream and envy is a very interesting idea. Um, in America, as we all know, it's natural to tell your children that they can achieve anything, you know, as long as, it doesn't matter what colour, creed, class you come from, if you work hard, um, um, you'll achieve it. But in many countries, and I think Ireland is one of these, we have something of an what's known as an envy economy in which parents suppress maybe their children's natural um, ambitions and condition them, them to accept that you're fine but you're not as good as the next person. So the American dream is a nice idea. Of course, what's happening to the American dream now is that it is an American dream. It's not an immigrant's dream anymore. And it's going to be interesting to see over the next couple of years how that might implode an envy of each other and literally your next door neighbour, not so much the guy from Poland or from Ireland or from uh, or from Iran, but, but from your next door neighbour will be interesting. Well, I don't know who, which, like, I presume they were... They were like what? They were Israelites or they were Egyptians or whatever, all in biblical time, all mm. this lot, or maybe Romans. But today, envy, I would put to you, is much more an Irish sin than it might be an American sin since, since you've raised America. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that might be right. And also, I suppose the the issue is I've found in Ireland over the years is that people uh, are, are envious but pretend not to be. I think it'd be much more honest if you just said, look, I am envious. It's it's the least attractive trait in my personality, but I really wish you hadn't done well. But I think people are loath for natural reasons to to admit that. Yeah, well, of course, Ed does say the reason that the liberal left are going bananas about Trump is is fueled almost entirely by envy that their their person didn't win. Well, th- that is true. I mean, there's there's so many issues with Trump. I suppose I, I don't think anyone's particularly envious of Trump. I suppose the liberal left is envious of the way he's swept into power. But I mean, he's dealing in black and white thinking. What isn't attractive about that? The whole idea that uh, right and wrong, there's no grey. That's a fantastic policy. And for half of America who couldn't be bothered or incapable of thinking about it, that suits very well. I'm not saying the other side is right, by the way. I'm just saying black and white thinking. It gives us what we call in psychology cognitive closure. And what one of us doesn't want that. Indeed, particularly when it starts with two C's, cognitive closure. Uh, next week? Next week, I think we'll go on to greed. Ah, that's my kind of stuff. My thanks to John O'Keefe. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast of The Seven Deadly Sins on iTunes or indeed go to newstalk.com forward slash high noon.